Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 106 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I discuss books we're reading for the first time and share our thoughts and notes with each other. If this is your first time listening, we suggest you read Exile, book two in the Drids Do Urden series, chapters 12 through 18, before listening to this episode. That way you too can follow along. Uh, do we have any housekeeping? No, no housekeeping. I also don't have housekeeping. All right, well, if we don't have any housekeeping, let's jump into the beginning of this episode with... Chapter 12, Wilds, Wilds, Wilds. You know, like, like, like quite right. Is that, the, is that the word they say in that song? Wild, wild, wild. Come on, feel the gnomes. I want to see you with my hands. Brip, brip. <laughs> Spoilers. All right. Summary. Finally, a chapter that feels like playing D&D. Belwar, Dritz, and Guinevere have adapted to life in the Underdark well as they continue their march away from Blingdenstone. While encountering fantastic native flora and fauna... In this cavernous subterranean land, our heroes eventually find themselves in epic combat with a flock of dire corbies above a pool of acid. Dritz and Belwar appear to escape, but Guinevere falls into the acid pit, causing her onyx figure to smoke with ominous portent. And that's what happened. That's it? That's what happened in the chapter. Okay. Um, I think your observation is astute. This was a lot more fun. Had a lot more of that... D&D feel that I've been wanting for ever so long. It's like an acidic oasis in this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's it's uh, it's brief. I, I don't know. I, I actually, okay, like... it was a 20-page chapter for me. It was actually sure. pretty long. It was a big chunk of this episode in terms of, like, page count. But I feel like I didn't... I, I feel like I didn't get enough of that energy <laughs> the rest uh, of it. No, that's... I, I think as you were saying, I was just going to say that the other chapters felt still more like this than previous ones had. I think there's a big... The, the idea of getting out of the murky Underdark, getting out of Menzo Berenzan, getting into anywhere else, and even Blingdenstone, because we're still in the Underdark with be, being with these, uh, these Corbys and, and other stuff, but in this chapter, these chapters overall, it's it's helping. It's helping, like feel like it's actually a fantasy world as opposed to like reading reading a book about a guy in a dungeon or something well like and um or a prison ha- having your characters discovering a new place having it be new for them has a different energy which is more enthralling do you have any notes in this chapter i do have a couple of notes oh i so my first note was just maybe i'd missed this earlier but i was not clear that when Gunweaver is in our plane of existence. So too is the statue she comes from. I thought. I thought maybe she turned in. Maybe we've talked about this before. I thought that. I thought maybe it transformed, but it just is the summoner. So that was good. Curious to me. Yeah, it's it's more of a pokeball rather than a like a proper like totem or something. I think there's enough ancillary media about pokeballs that I understand what you mean. And it's also like it's not like Captain Marvel. It's not like where they swap places. The Marvel? Yeah. Swap places? Yeah. Like when Billy Batson says, Shazam! 
places. Oh, oh, okay. You mean Shazam? No, not I Captain mean, Marvel. I mean Captain Marvel. <laughs> okay. With they swap places? Yeah. So it used to be. It oh, used okay. it used to be they swap places, and then it became like, well, we like it more if he has a child's brain, and it's like, what? So uh, where did Billy go? Rock of Eternity. Just hung out. Probably. Just like uh, it's like when the people that Sam lipped into, and they'd be in the waiting room. <laughs> yeah. Why is that funny? Because I just remembered the, the one where he he goes into a, a mentally disabled person's body. I saw that I saw that clip this weekend, and it's so so awkward. <laughs> is it the first one or the second time he did that? I guess he's not even mentally disabled. He, he swaps places with a person with seeming like like a person who has Down syndrome. Yeah. And Twice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's the, it's the moment when he realizes it. <laughs> and it's just so it's so uh dated. Yes. That show had some of that. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Um anyway, but it dealt with dyslexia that episode. Oh, did it? Yeah weird because he had to teach his older brother uh, how to read because he's got dyslexia just they need to retrain his brain that's how it works anyways um and then the evil leaper came through and ruined everything and he had to go back and do it again and we don't need to worry about it uh so i'm curious about the well of acid uh not not in any kind of way where i expect the book to pay it off but it's just one of those it, it was a fun caught my imagination and i'm like oh cool was this like just a wizard lost in the underdark as we find out later there are wizards in the underdark uh or way up there at the top of the pit was there a school of wizardry or the bottom of a you know castle dungeon that just had been for a hundred years sinking down into this place I, I, I was very intrigued by whatever caused that and this being the aftermath and that the aftermath of whatever being the setting for their fight i thought that was very cool acid's um, cool Acid. I thought it was like it's a it's a, a xenomorph graveyard. Yeah, right. Magic acid, molecular acid. That that shit. That fantastical acid's amazing. Do you have any more notes? I think I let me see if I have another note. Oh, just I had this hope because because during the fight, Dritz is trying to not kill the Dire Corbys because he's got his whole "I must not kill" thing, and then Guinevere gets in trouble and he loses it and slaughters them all. And I was just hoping that Dritz's decision to relent and kill doesn't lead to a renewed vow of not killing, only to be lifted again later sometime during some future peril. Because I'd rather have some sort of uh, explanation of what not killing means than to just become a rote Batman kind of device. That's exactly um, what I would be worried about. And it's, it seems like neither really happened, but it, it was in a fine way, where it was like, he was just like, no, sometimes I gotta kill. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Moving on. Yeah, that's. I agree. Uh, it's a dangerous line to walk to get all, to be the 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 pacifist warrior, where it's just like, I mean, are, are, what book am I reading? Like, am I reading, am, am I reading some sort of like, book written by a monk, or am I reading a book written about a guy who is supposed to, you know, cut people's heads off? I, I, am, I, am I reading a book? Uh, about the Dalai Lama, or am I reading a book about uh, Legolas from The Hobbit? Right. And I want to be reading it about 
Hobbit Legolas. The the film trilogy, not the book. Right. Because he's not in the book. What? Legolas isn't in The Hobbit? I don't think oh! I... Legolas isn't in The Hobbit. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. It's okay. You just you had this amazing the 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 the, the what <laughs> was so was so genuine and and sort of beautiful to watch. All right, that's that's all my notes for this chapter. <laughs> that brings us to. So you have no notes on that chapter. Chapter thirteen: A little place to call home. Summary: Dritz and Belwar briefly meet an inconsequential wizard before finding a hideaway in the depths of the Underdark where they might make a homestead. But their peace is interrupted by the familiar clanking of a hook horror. Do you have any notes? Uh, yeah, a couple. Uh, when we first meet the wizard, I have a two-part note. Uh, a new character gets still such a sausage fest. Because I realize there's no real uh, female protagonists in these books. Protagonist? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed not, to, like, Major Mouse and her evil daughters. Yeah, not yet, but will there ever be? Well, I mean, yeah. there's 22 of these books. <laughs> if not if not Ugh. more. So, that was part one. But then on second thought, if this accent persists, hopefully he's a one-off character. And it seems like he was, because reading his weird Swedish accent really grated on my nerves. Oh, you do know that it wasn't really an accent, right? Like, oh, no. Okay, so what? What I was reading it as was it? I think the way it was it tried. They tried to explain it was this guy speaks so many languages that he hasn't been able to necessarily perfect Drow, and he was speaking Drow, and so his version of Drow was like poorly translated. Like, so he he was mispronouncing all these words in Drow. And that's how it sounds to Drizzt, is how we were reading it. Not saying that isn't irritating, because it... No, 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 I'm just, I'm just thinking about it, and I'm like, before he tried Drow, I thought they wrote him with that way. But maybe I'm wrong. That, that's just why it didn't occur to me. Right. Coleman out, little rodents. <laughs> okay, you're adding a little bit of... Uh... No, I am not. You're adding a little bit of uh, of like of twang, no, to the way you're. The earlier syllables direct <laughs> the later syllables. Yeah, do it again and, and see if you sound I'm like the Terminator. This is my home, stupid Tarkelvin. Did I ask it you to come in here? Did I send a letter inviting you to join me in my home, or perhaps you and your ugly little friend simply considered your duty to we- welcome me to the neighborhood? You sound like every NPC in Skyrim. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's why I'm a Dragon Age guy. Uh, Out of my way, stranger. You have no business with the Jarl. <laughs> mork, mork, mork. Uh, and then my, my last note is... Um, because the other thing that happened in this chapter is uh, Zachnathan killed the grubber. That's true. That did happen. I, I glossed over that because I didn't like, care about I it. Did not, I did not like that. I was like, oh, come on. There's no reason he needed to kill the, the, the big caterpillar. Fuck you, dude. I feel like that they are laying on a little thick that this spirit 
warrior, whatever, Zach Nafine. I keep saying it like that because I think he's like one of those 90s Batman toys. Right. Arctic armor, Batman. Like spirit warrior, Zach Nafine. Uh, <laughs> battle damaged, Luke Skywalker. I feel like they really had to drive home that, or, or Bobby had to really drive home that spirit warrior Zach Nafine is a juggernaut. Like he's a just an engine of destruction and that he just he instead of instead of walking around things he walks through them so i i get that why he's doing that it just i i feel like i feel like i got that already but yeah but i guess every time it, you have to re-establish it i guess every time he shows up so the audience doesn't forget or, or doesn't wonder why he isn't killing something because imagine I, if that was happening like what would you think if he was just like and then he didn't kill them would you I mean, I might think, why? I mean, I thought maybe he would lay waste to Blinkton Stone, but instead he kills his caterpillar. I'm glad he didn't lay waste to Blinkton Stone. I, 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 I to be, to give a, a just a modicum of fairness, uh, part of I think my aversion to this is I was sitting there reading the early description of the Grubber when Dritzt and Balwar see it. And they call it a caterpillar, and I'm like, oh wow, a big caterpillar. I wonder what it would what it will eventually more metamorphose into, like what kind of butterfly or you know huge moth or something. Well, you know, it, coming up with various mythologies before going back to <laughs> reading. Um, and so when he killed it, I'm like, he killed a baby. <laughs> Which yeah. it, nowhere it says that. It's just describing it that way. But it was it was that's that's probably why I'm just like, fuck you, dude. Not cool. <laughs> It's the baby eating its red moss. Yeah, but what if you loved that red moss? You wouldn't want it to die. It's part of the circle of life. Well, so is babies dying. Wow. Wow. Well, so is then my mis my, not my misery, my sorrow. You done with that chapter? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. All right, that brings us to chapter fourteen. Clacker. Summary. Dritzton Belwar meet Clacker, a peck who's partially polymorphed into a hook horror by the wizard we met earlier. The two adventurers take pity on the creature and devise a plan to compel the wizard to return Clacker to his original form, or her, their original form. Their assault on the wizard's tower is successful, but Clacker succumbs to the hook horror's violent tendencies and butchers the wizard before he can restore the peck's original form. So is this... Uh, that's that's how you say that. Peck. Yeah, I I don't know. Oh, I thought that's how I say it. Is it is it peck like uh like from Willow? No, like a bird eating. Well, that'd be P E C K. That's which is also how it's spelled peck from Willow. Is that not how it's spelled in the book? That's how no, I spelled P-E-C-H. it in my notes. I thought I because I, I thought it was petch. Oh, yeah, I don't know. No, it could very well be peck. I just thought yeah, I thought you were using your your Dungeons and Dragons lore. Nah, this the one again. Uh, pronunciations seem to matter in no way to, to these. But books. if he's pulling it from a guidebook to a guidebook, it might matter. I keep maybe, saying guidebook. But you like, know what I mean? I know what you mean. But he uh, he also may be putting things into those books, and it's so true. if he doesn't care, then I don't care. Uh, my first note here is that we go from "Please do not kill me" at the very end of the last chapter to "I wish you would kill me" about two pages in, and that that was a little obnoxious. Yep, that seemed like that standard. All right, Salvatore, I'm changing it up for the plot. Yeah. As I go. Yep. 
Uh, note, this is becoming very Wizard of Oz. Stritz is going through his adventure and adding Collecting. companions yep. while they go search for a wizard. All of whom have awkward flaws, like they're missing something, like their hands or their original yeah. body. Yeah, exactly. Or a permanent tether to a plane of existence. Well, see, I figured Gunweaver was like Toto, but I guess that works. I feel like there should be another talking person in the group, but we'll see what happens. There may yet be. We'll see. We'll see. I'm glad maybe, it's not the wizard. Maybe Jarlaxle will join their team and be like, I'm tired of, of making tons of money and running the streets of Menzo Baranzan. I want to go off with you guys. Can we mix it up with a lady? No. Ew. Um, this wizard shit is not funny. I will kill you all. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. that's. And also, I will... Because I, I wrote these down, and I couldn't have wrote them down incorrectly. I will kill you all. I could be wrong. Fucking pick an accent, man. Mm, I see what you're saying. So you would have rather he said, I could be wrong? When you say it like that, it does... Sound dumb? Make me sound kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any notes? No. <laughs> what? Do you have any notes? Yeah. Okay. Later. Better. I've got at least one note. Oh, boy. All right, because I'm going to run out of notes real soon. I've got at least one note. Okay. I do not know if... I, again, I don't know anything about these books. I don't know if they're going to get lady companions ever. Mm-hmm. I know this about Dungeons & Dragons, though, about playing Dungeons & Dragons, though, is that oftentimes it it's kind of frowned upon to play sensuality because... You're off to, you're you're just role playing with people, and so okay. like so it's it, and and people often tend to not be all that creative when it comes to being in a party with people of mixed genders, and so they tend to, or they can tend to, default to seduction or okay, okay, I, I see where you're going now. I see. Where you're, I, th- when, when I thought they, you were suggesting early on that just if, if just if you had a woman in your group that that was the de facto she had to be seducing people. And it's like what? No. But but I, I get it now. I get it now. There's that. There's that. There's a compulsion in the player. Well, well and there's that blanket of pretend where you right. can be someone else, someone you've always right. wanted to be. Maybe you, someone yes. who has this right ability or aspect or desirability. Yeah. Um, like the, the, the you could play someone who would be who you can you can play a character who has incredibly high charisma and do with what you wish you could have in real life with that charisma, like, you know, seduce people. Right. And but then the problem becomes suddenly you're hanging out with a bunch of friends saying dirty things and then it becomes like, what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> What's happening? Are we, are we all in a room, the same room right now? Because this feels weird. <laughs> It's starting, to, uh, it's starting to smell like potted meat in here. Yeah, I'm. Uh, if you're gonna continue this, if you you two you two friends are gonna continue this role play, I'm I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> you let me know when you're finished, and we can. I'll, I'll just join the I'll join the campaign back then. I would really hope that if and when, because it would be it would be odd if he didn't introduce a, a lady to the party. But the, again, that I feel like their temptation to make the easy romance a part of the story would be. T- would be so disappointing if it happened. Like, I don't want to see Dritz Jordan with a lover. I don't want that story. 
That doesn't interest me. But, I mean, and it'd be shame on R.I. Salvatore if that's all he did with that. That would be lame. Um, Right. He's already got his, he's already got his lover. The cat? Yeah. Oh, dear sweet Guinevere. I, I... and I'm only I'm only saying that she fulfills that role. They they seem to have what they need in each other. They're soulmates. Yeah. Uh, no, I I agree. I don't think there's anything explicitly sexual between the two of them. But he does say weird shit about her that I don't like. So in in, in case anyone took offense to my dismissal of there, there being a lady joining the party, it's mostly because I would be disappointed in the potential of the author. Yeah. More bad writing. And by mostly, I mean, it's, it's the only, the the other percentage of that mostly is not doing that, not making a romance, but doing something even worse. (laughs) Doing like, imagine if Ari Zavatori wrote a story where he, he introduced a female character to the party and then just made every other character, a, a hyper misogynist. Like every other character's like like she tries to do something in the in the adventure and then they step in and like like she has a bow and arrow or something she's gonna she's like lock she's uh she's uh stalking is that what it's called knocking it's knocking and loosing and she's like knocks and then and then Dritz like puts his hand out and pushes the 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 bow down and goes let me handle this <laughs> and then like <laughs> and then like like every character does that to her the whole book I can actually see that being a possibility. But, I mean, I have no basis for that because we've never seen a protagonist woman in the series. Right. Thus far. So we'll have to wait and see. We will hope. Well, I mean, I don't think it's happening in this book. No. But you never um, know. But they might be just setting up the party right now, getting the gang together. I feel like that might be what's happening, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm still, like, not entirely convinced Belwar's making it out. But, um, which would, again, be kind of disappointing because I really like him. So... I've actually got a comment on that, but we'll get to that later. Then let's continue moving forward to... Chapter 15. Pointed Reminders. Summary. Dritzd, Belwar, and Clacker set out again after discovering their camp destroyed by the spirit warrior Zacnafine, only to find themselves in combat with a trio of Mind Flayers. No notes. Do you have any notes? We have achieved the cover. We have... No, we haven't. We haven't with all the Mind Flayers? No, because Zacnafine's on the back cover. Oh, I'm talking about the... I said the cover. That's the front cover. Everyone it's knows It's a that. wraparound image. It's well, the same image. But everyone knows image. Zach's on their trail. So that cover... No, we've retrieved the, co- they're we've retrieved in the, the cover. They, they haven't. This is also at least five Mind Flayers on the cover. What do you want from me? I want you to pay attention to the, the what you're learning from these images. <sighs> My other note. Since Clacker is a companion now, does that does that not make make Belwar safe? Because they are putting together a team, and he's not going to be a one off. That's a really good point. And we also already kind of want Clacker to die, like we, we want him to. Yeah, because he's not going to get turned back to normal. He lives a he he lives a horrible, uh, disfigured, monstrous life. Do we do we do we talk about how they found the wizard and where he was about to change him back and then Clacker raged on him and killed him? I I, I didn't I, I sort of glossed over it in my summary, but yeah, that's what happens. Uh, so yeah, he's stuck this way. Well, Impossi- I mean, presumably you could get another wizard to do it, but well, presumably I I assume that they were going to have some kind of the some effect of the mind flyers 
flares is going to retain his uh, peck personality and not give it over to wanton hook horrorness. I'm a peckish being. I haven't seen it. I can't. I can't meet you. I can't play. <laughs> it's just you've told me about it, and it sounds so sad. I it it is delightfully awful. It is. Oh. I mean, it's it's so upsetting. <laughs> you really should watch it. <laughs> it's the best. It's like. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you, you, you watch something and you feel bad and it makes you feel, it changes how you treat other people. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's good. That's true. Uh, that's a fair point. Like, yeah, you, you don't go to like a mass grave and like play Angry Birds. You go there and you like meditate on how awful humans can be. Right. And you, you commit yourself to not being this awful. You or don't go even to Auschwitz close. for the jugglers. They have them there? <laughs> No. That seems in poor taste on the museum's curator, not on the audience, not on the the guests. As far as I know, have them there. Wow. That's good. (laughs) So, yeah, Elephant Man is one of those. You should watch it. If you ever watched uh, Freaked. That's the Alex Winter one? Yeah. So long ago. Like like when it first came out on VHS, I feel. Like I was in high school. Clacker reminds me of of uh, the, of Alex Winter's character in that movie, or of all the freaks, because they they start off as normal people and then they go to uh, uh, Randy Quaid's like chemical dump or whatever, and then he mutates them. It's very Toxic Avenger, right? It's very Toxic Avenger, yes, uh, but also funny. Sure. Whereas I feel like Toxic, I've never really I, I need to watch Toxic Avenger again, but I've never really found it funny. But it's supposed to be funny. It is supposed to be funny, but so is Mad Magazine. That's really fair. That's all I got for that. That's and that ends cha- that ends part three. Do you have any uh, more notes? Then what does that bring us to? If we've if we've ended part three, then where could we go? How about part four? Helpless. All right. So the summary of of part four, helpless, is future Dritt says some more nonsense about being in. Sp- Inspired or alive or something, and then he lists a bunch of characters we've barely met or haven't met yet, and says they all give him life or whatever. That was um, my question. Yeah, I, I think again, this is one of those moments where you really, really needed to read the other three books first. So, so because I've got, I've got here Mushi, Bruinor, Regis, Catibri, and Wolfgar. Have... Oh, 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 hold on. And this is the part. This is my only note. It's not really a note. But it's just a complaint. Mushi, Brunor, Regis, Catibri, Wolfgar, and of course, Guinevere. Dear Guinevere. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like that he keeps saying shit like that. Why? They're it in love. seems it seems weirdly sexual and it bums so me out. And I don't, so what? what I don't what like it. Who cares between a a drow and his panther? I don't want to be a part of it. That's what I care. They're not <laughs> like, subject to the laws of man. I don't want to be a part of it. That's all I'm saying. I don't care what they do in the privacy of their own astral plane. I don't want to, like, be involved with it. You're not involved. He's talking about it like I need to to imagine it. Like, oh, dear Guinevere. Well, you could not read it then. But you can't. I mean. You have to. uh, But I am. (laughs) Uh, so, so as far as you know, have we, have we met any of those people? Mushi or Regis? No, I don't think so. Okay. I didn't think so either, but I couldn't remember. I, I knew we couldn't have met all of them. I have Catty- a s- 
strong suspicion that they are the the main cast of book five. I'm I'm gonna four. make a I'm gonna make a a, a a guess. One of my famous prognostications, although I can't make it through that word. Uh, Katty Bree, C A T T I B R I E. It's a lady. I'm gonna say it's hands a lady. down without it's any compunction. I'm gonna say that she's a lady. Yeah, totally. That's uh, my educated guess. Yeah. Probably a good guess. Because the vowels are delicate. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to Wolfgar. Wolfgar's definitely man. Wolfgar talk with accent. Probably broken English. He probably wears big fur. Mushi, though. Mushi's going to be a silly old fun bag. I think Mushi's going to be like Snarf. Snarf. Mushi. Don't don't leave Mushi behind, Trist. Smoosh. <laughs> oh shit. I will hope that happens. Belwar, you ate all the lambness bread, Moosh. <laughs> I just really enjoyed that. Okay, I'm good. <sighs> now, if if that isn't what Mushi is, it has to be what he is. I mean, I mean, it's that's a waste of twenty more books or whatever it is. It's Thirty-five or something. Jesus, it keeps going up. I found another. So I found one of the books um, at the at the tidal wave. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe this is the next one I need because I only have the first four. And, you know, we want we depending on how good those those are, we might read up through six. Might. Right. So I was trying to keep an eye out. And then I found one that was like something about like icy wind or something like that or like something on the something on the seas. And I was like, oh, maybe this is one of them. So I picked it up and I was like, well, I'm not going to just buy this. I need to look up what's the what are the ones I actually need. And where's this one? That one was like book 22. Ooh. And that was published in like 2009. Does he write anything else? Yeah, I think so. Wow. But like, I just left it. I was like, no way. No way. I'm not even spending three and a half dollars on this big hardcover of this 20 part 22 of these books. Not, not yet, Bobby. Like you're I mean, maybe really by four we will have Stockholm Stockholm syndrome. Maybe, but like oh, you know what would go a long way to really hooking me into that Stockholm syndrome? What's that? Moosh. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. Did not see it coming. I thought we were gonna talk about the Wizards accent again. <laughs> Alright, well, that's uh that's all I've got for part four. It's just Snarf is such a good character. <laughs> like, he's so memorable and so dumb and so amazing that it's upsetting that more things haven't totally ripped it off. Snarf is Thundercats? Yeah. Yeah. Lionel, you can't go off to fight Mumra alone. Snarf won't let you. Snarf. I always love how much pathos you put into it. Like, it's just 
Snarf's really feeling it, man. Snarf is just a ball of emotion. I mean, he comes off as annoying, but when you do it, you know that there's real feelings being felt. <laughs> anyway, and and much like Lionel, Drift Stewarden appears to be much older than he actually is. And they both have a panther. And they both have swords. Kinda, kinda. Anyway, we don't have to talk about Thundercats anymore. No. <sighs> Alright, uh, so that's part four. Did you have any of the notes in part four? I did not. That brings us to... Chapter 16, Insidious Chains. Summary. Dritz, Belwar, and Clacker ease into their new lives as slaves as their new Mind Flayer masters evaluate the, their newest acquisitions. Clacker tends the livestock herd, Belwar fights in the arena, and Dritz massages the central mind, or whatever it's called. Two of the Ithilid masters venture to Gunweaver's Plain. Okay. Um, and observe the panther hunting as they complete their asset evaluation. I'm sorry, did you want something from me there? Yeah, I was hoping you would give me a little bit of like, oh, you can't believe you said that. Oh, uh, it, just, it, it just felt so natural. I'm sorry. can't believe you said that. I can believe it. It's correct. Do you have any notes? No, I don't. Um, me neither. But we can talk about it for a second. Can we? Yeah. I hesitate to bring it up yet, but just so you know, I'm looking for it. Are they saying that Clank, by the end of these chapters, Clanker is thrown off the mental control? Because that's what it kind of felt like, but I kind of missed that happening if it did. I, I knew he was less under control than everyone else, but then suddenly by the end of it all, it seemed like he wasn't. Is it? Is there somewhere where that happens? Well, I think you're supposed to sort of... Uh, this is what I read into it. Okay. Uh, at a certain point, two of two of the three mind flayers that are controlling these characters die. Mm-hmm. So I kind of assumed that 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 would be part with, of like what breaks spells or something. Sure, what well, with it went their control. That makes sense, actually. That makes except sense. except that I'm pretty sure the last one that's left alive is the one that. Uh, was controlling Belwar, and Belwar also, by the end of these chapters, breaks his uh, spell. Or Belwar, is, is though, our... they they take us through him breaking it, and I thought it was Dritz who was still under control at the end. That's what I'm saying. Dritz is still under control, but as far as I could tell, his Mind Flayer would have been dead. I see, I see. Um, And didn't, then it was just kind of weird that they gave Dritz the massaging the brain He's and got that, del- two delicate hands. Do you think? Do you think that's trying to put him in the role that would otherwise be like the concubine? Were this, you know, sexual, but they made it the brain instead, so instead of being the uh... dong. Was that what you were thinking? Like a like a penis? <laughs> instead of being the uh, pleasure servant or pleasure slave. He's just massaging his brain. The central ween of the mind flares. Is that what you were thinking? Yes. This is a mature podcast for mature adults. <laughs> the ween. <laughs> here's here's what I think. I think that they have a big central brain that needs massaging. 
And these uh, these mind flayers had the unlucky fortune of finding three new slaves, only one of which has fingers. And I don't know about you, but I don't want hammer and sickle fucking uh, deep gnome smashing into the central brain. And I don't want clacker hacking into the central brain. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to give it to the delicate, uh, agile, nimble fingered uh, dark elf. It's so weird. Why do you need to massage your brain? I mean, because, bro. You ever had your brain massaged? No, I haven't. It feels so many things. <laughs> it feels like it feels like blue. <laughs> and it okay. and it smells like regret. Like it's it does so many things to you. You can if you if you get your brain massaged, you can see laughter. <laughs> Anyway, that uh, brings us to chapter 17, a delicate balance. Summary. Most of this chapter just describes Belwar fighting a different hook horror to a draw and his ithilid master's discovery that Belwar's mithril prosthetics could be powered by a spell. The chapter ends with the central brain detecting another drow presence in the nearby caverns of the Underdark. You have any notes? No. I do. Uh, I have a note on my page 232. Uh, my note is, so uh, this is this big god brain. It's going to die, right? Yeah. It's a big brain death star. It's got to die. Oh, yeah. It's going to be... Uh... I guess I can't say visceral, but uh, gooey. Do you think it's going to be the very next thing that happens in the next episode? <laughs> I literally do. Yeah. Because the, I mean, we'll get to it. But we'll that's, get to it. You know, there's clues. There's clues. All right. No. You notes. Anything else you want to say about that? Okay. Nope. Um. I did like, however, that they uh, that the the mind flayers are like, oh man, this dude's good at like stone smithing. We should make him dig us a better cubby. Because we've got a we don't have the best cubby right now. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy looks like he could handle, he could carve a cubby. So why don't, why don't you do that? Biff Rip, get on it. <laughs> uh, all right, that brings us to? Chapter 18, the element of surprise. Oh, is that the sixth element? Summary. This chapter is all about killing mind flayers. Zachnafine's confronted by four Ithilids, but is unaffected by their mental blast powers and kills them quickly before pushing forward into their settlement. Guinevere traps one of the Mind Flayers in the Astral Plane before chasing the other, Squidhead, into the Corporeal Realm and eventually decapitates him. Both Belwar and Clacker are free of their master's command, and the chapter ends with Guinevere leaping into the center of the central brain. Do you have any notes? I have no notes. I have a note. Okay. I'm surprised you don't have this note. Oh. Maybe I had an observation that I didn't take a note on, but I will tell you, oh, yeah, I totally came up with that myself. Once you tell me what your note is. You could go first if you want. I don't have, I don't know. Nope. Would you have any observations you'd like to share before I do? Nope. Well, I'm going to read this then. Okay. <clears throat> this is on, for me, it's on page 248. 
Zach Nafine's leap sent him crashing into the next floating ethylid, and the momentum took both of them into the last of the group. Arms flailed and tentacles waved wildly, seeking some hold on, on the drow warrior's flesh. More deadly, though, was the blade, and a moment later, the spirit wraith pulled free of his latest two victims, enacted a levitation spell of his own, and floated gently back to the stone floor. Zacnafine walked calmly away, leaving three Athilids hanging dead in the air for the duration of their levitation spells, and a fourth dead on the floor. The spirit wraith did not bother to wipe the blood from his swords. He realized that very soon there would be more killing. I, at this point, I wasn't going to keep bringing it up. He's put him away bloody so many times. That's my note. Like, he does it so many times. Why bring it up now as if it's shocking? I, I think it's just one of those things that... All right, Salvatore things is a hardcore detail and maybe doesn't realize how often he uses it. I think you're right. And I'm, I'm assuming once you brought up the fact that they had this fucking possible cleansing spell, at least in existence. Sure. But it still makes me cringe every time I read it to think of them putting away bloody, you know, swords and that are going to dry and get caught in the no. scabbard when you need to whip it out quick. I'm saying this vindicates all your complaints. It validates your yeah, but, observation. Uh, but, but but it does, doesn't it? If the scabbard itself cleans it with magic, he can still put them away bloody. But I went... submitted that concept. He didn't. Sure. So it's not really like part of the canon. It's just conjecture, which can e e as easily be submitted as it could be dismissed. And I think this suggests that it was just that, just baseless conjecture. Wishful thinking, maybe. It, it, it's one of those things that, like, I can't let every little thing derail me. I, I did notice it. Sure. Clean your swords, man. Clean your swords! I, even if he had been, like... you know, Imagine how much more hardcore it would have been if he had spent a lot of time in the first book explaining to Dritz that you have to clean your swords after you use them and do it really well. He might have done it. There might be lines in that book where he says something slightly like that. And then he, like, every... Hold on. And then every time he puts them away... It's really significant. It's like a part of his character. But then when he dies, it becomes Spirit Wraith Zacnafine, and he doesn't clean his blades because he's an unthinking, un, like, killing monster. Right. That would mean something. That would. That would be, that would be, be like, great. oh, wow, look, there's nothing left of the guy whose body this is. All, all of the, the, uh, the tenets and, like, practices and rituals he held dear aren't present. They're gone. But no. <laughs> <laughs> You get whatever this is. A weird, like, self-contradictory, like, line that seems like it's supposed to suggest, like you said, attention to detail or something really, like, profound. And instead, it's like, but he's never done this before. He's never, as far as we can remember, there has not been a, and no one cleans their blades. Right. Right. So, Belwar doesn't yes, even I seem to clean yes. his, his hammers. Keep your tools in good working order. That's the, that should be the. Watch word of this book. Yeah. Update your iPhone. You Update know. your iPhone. Uh, I mean, do your due diligence. Read the reviews. Make sure it's not going to drain your battery all of a sudden. Like 14.6. I'm not installing it yet. Or like, uh, you know, maybe read through the, the terms and service agreement. Like, read, read, read every word of it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's the end of the chapters. Yeah. I'm hoping for in the next in the last couple chapters. I'm hoping for a lady character. <laughs> I'm hoping for a very pulpy, bloody description of uh, Gunweaver tearing up that brain. I, I really don't want to. I want to. Uh, I want to feel it. I want to be in there in it. And then you know, not put my swords away dirty. I imagine that it'll be like when when Guinevere rips apart that brain, it, it would be like stepping into a a, a, a jello mold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like one with lots of fruit in it. Sure. So you get like when you're stepping in it, you get like a grape between your toes. Totally, like blood like, vessels that are gushy yeah, and shooting all yeah. over the place. A little bit of cherry, or that gr- the like the 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 disgusting and disturbing uh, grittiness of stepping into a strawberry seeds. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I've got nothing else to say about this book. Um, or this, these chapters, the next episode will be the book wrap party. So make sure you read through chapter 19 through the end of the book. And yeah. Um, do you have any, do you have any actual predictions for the end of the book? Actual predictions? Let's see. I feel too unsure of myself to suggest that they will or won't get out of the caves. I'm going to say Belwar lives. I, uh, think Belwar lives, Clacker dies, and at the end of it, Dritz and Belwar decide they're going to take, they're going to go, like, def- maybe they'll go back and defeat his family. Oh, okay. Something like that. I don't know. Or maybe they'll keep running, and then the next book will be the same fucking shit we just read. But, you know, somehow, I, I guess I'm expecting book three to be the end of the Menzo Baranzan nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like I'm expecting it to be resolved somehow um, with Dritz finishing up the business with his family. Yeah. Or maybe maybe he defeats the spirit race Zacnafine and then and then Lolf takes great vengeance against his family because they've they've continued to allow him to live. Maybe the other houses of Menzo Baranzan band together and like overthrow house Jordan and, and completely scorch it, you know, scorch earth, raise it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all I have. I have no new words. Do you have any new words? Then let's move on from this episode. I believe that was death readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. Chapter 18, The Element of Surprise. Oh, is that the sixth element? Times three, yes. What? Chapter 18. I got lost in numbers. Summary. This chapter is all about killing mind flayers. Zach Nafine confront is confronted. Uh, sorry. This summary. Summary. This chapter is all. Stop it. Stop it. It's hard for me to do this. 
It's hard. I can do it, though, but it's hard. Dude, I'm so proud. You, you get this. Summary. This chapter is all about killing mind flayers. Zach Nefiend confronts... Ah! <laughs> the problem is... The problem is that these fucking made-up words have red fucking underlines under them. And I and it, it, it stops me from being able to read that I'm actually trying to fan. So you'll have I forever. can't. I can't. Long, long press and add to dictionary. I'm, I'm telling you, this is not happening. Yeah, nothing. Um, Because I have, like, a puncture. It's supposed to be Zachnafine. Zachnafines, as in Zachnafine is. Ugh. All right, I'm going to start over. Okay. Okay.